Hey, good morning. Morning. As Pastor Steve already mentioned in the video, in this sermon series, we are counting down the Ten Commandments. Today, we are into the commandment number two. Do not worship idols. Okay, it's, it's a commandment about idolatry. And let's go to Exodus 20, verse 4 to 5. You shall now make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall now bow down to them or worship them. The Bible describes idols as objects we worship. But idolatry is not just confined to worshiping a statue. I believe most of us don't even have a little statue somewhere in your house. But we might have something in our life. We value, prioritize, and seek after above God. That is idolatry. So idols are not just carving, carved uh, things but also heart obsessions. So today's sermon title is Worship the True God. When I was in university, I spent more time on the basketball court than in the classroom. How could that be? Well, in my university, all the basketball courts were outdoor. So I could see them through my classroom windows. When I was in my classroom, my physical presence was in the classroom, but my spirit was on the basketball court. If it's raining, my spirit goes to the gym. Anyway, I was never in the classroom. My identity was a student. But it didn't mean study is always prioritized in my life. Today, we can have an identity as a Christian. But it doesn't mean God is always prioritized in our lives. I do my quiet time first thing in the morning every day. If you are not a Christian, quiet time, quiet time is a regular practice for Christians, such as prayer, meditation, Bible reading, for our spiritual growth. I must do it first thing in the morning every day because that's the best way for me to start my day. If I don't do it, I will become a grumpy mid-aged Chinese man. <laughs> that doesn't look pretty. So I do my quiet time in the morning, I go to the gym in the afternoon. Going to the gym is very important in my life. It fills, the, it fills my tank after a long day of work. In the gym I went to many years ago on Broadway in Newmarket, I saw a motivational slogan on the wall. Your body is a temple. Wow. That sounds so cool to me. I was not a Christian then. I didn't know that was a quote from the Bible, 1 Corinthians 6. 
But I loved it because that is the commitment and the attitude I need in the gym. Your body is a temple. But since I became a father, my afternoon routine has been interrupted. <laughs> Instead of going to the gym, I have to go home to babysit my children. Hey, I, I love my children. I don't mind to babysit them once a while. <laughs> so when I, when I have to babysit them every day, I have to admit, when my physical presence is with them, my spirit is doing. But that's not enough. Man, I have to go to the gym sometimes. So I say to myself, hey, how about going to the gym in the morning instead of doing my quiet time? Hey, I believe my God wants me to be healthy and happy. Okay? So I think God doesn't mind. So I tried a few days. I did a very quick quiet time, okay? I read, I read the least scriptures and did a very quick, quick prayer, and then I went to the gym. A few days later, I was a completely grumpy, mid-aged Chinese man. <laughs> I lost my inner peace. I could not find my inner peace anymore. So I can treat myself as a temple, okay? I, I can build up this temple as much as I can. But the temple is meaningless if there is no God living in it. A temple is meaningless if there is no God living in it. So friends, what is in your temple? Who is in your temple? Hey, going to the gym is a very good thing. Nothing wrong with it. But when I began to compromise my relationship with God for it, it's a red flag I should not ignore. Because now, these good things is pulling me away from God and becoming an idol in my temple. When we think about idols, we think of the bad things in life, right? Addictions, greed, pride. But the real challenge is that many seemingly good things can also become idols in our lives. Your job can become your idol. Your favorite sports or hobbies can become your idol. Your education, relationship, wealth, even your smartphone can become your idol. None of those things is bad in itself. But when you begin to replace God and take the center place in our life, it becomes a problem. Why does God want us to avoid idolatry so much? Why? It's because God knows that He alone is the only one who can give us the ultimate contentment in life. When we get caught up in idolatry, we are stuck in the endless cycle of searching for ultimate contentment in the things that will never give it to us. So friends, 
It's very important. Please listen to me. Let's be honest to ourselves and ask these two questions. Are the things you desire pushing you closer to God or pulling you away from Him? Are you willing to compromise biblical truth for those things? Ask ourselves these two questions. If the answer is yes, it's a red flag. You should not ignore. In Exodus chapter 20, 32, we read that Moses was in Mount Sinai for 40 days receiving the Ten Commandments and other laws from God. When the Israelites were waiting for him to return from the mountain, they demanded their high priest, Aaron, to make an idol for them. In Exodus 32, verse 1, he says, When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. The irony of this incident is that when it took place, Moses was in the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments that explicitly prohibited them from making idols. Verses 2 to 4, Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. They took what they handed him and made it into an idol, casting the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they say, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. The Israelites did not understand how destructive their how destructive their actions were. Because for 400 years, generation after generation after generation, they lived in Egypt where all the gods were represented as figures in the shape of animals. So their imagination were formed in such a culture and social influence. When they need an idol, they just went straight into their culture toolbox and made the most common things they could make. A calf. By the way, the most popular goddess in Egypt those days is a god in the shape of a cow. Certainly as Christians, we will not make animal to represent God because our culture is not formed in 16th century BC Egypt but we are all culturally formed in the 21st century modern world. So friends, let's hold on for a second and think. Is it possible we, as followers of Jesus, might make a similar mistake of fashioning our God with our personal, social, or cultural preferences? And saying, hey, this is our God. Okay, now from what we have gone through so far, let me break down idolatry into three labels for you. The first label, worshiping a statue. That's the easiest one to overcome. No problem, because it's so obvious. 
before I was a Christian, I had a ceramic statue of a Chinese goddess called Guan Yin. That was a gift from my mom. Oh, this statue was a beautiful piece of art, a Chinese goddess. When I became a Christian, the first thing I did was throw her into the rubbish bin. The statue, not my mom, okay? <laughs> because it was so obviously wrong to, for a Christian to have something like that in my house. Easy, easy to overcome. The next level is when good things become idols. Ooh, that's relatively hard to resist. But still possible, as long as we don't ignore the red flags. We can always ask ourselves, or your Christian friends can always ask you, are those things pushing you closer to God or putting you further away? Are you willing to compromise biblical truth for those things? If the answer is yes, that's a red flag. Now let's go to the third level. That is the most deceptive form of idolatry. That's what I just mentioned before. We have the tendency to fashion God with our personal and cultural preferences. We all love to do it because we all want a God who always agrees with us. We all want a God who always allows us to do what we want. It will make me feel so good if my God thinks like me, sounds like me, and even looks like me. Many years ago, I knew the Chinese guy who was so bothered, who was so bothered by the question, why was Jesus not a Chinese man? Shane, I don't understand why. Hey. We, we had such a long history. We, we have a, such a rich culture. And we had the most powerful army in the world. Why, why did God choose the Israelites, not us? Huh? I believe we will be the only one who, who, who could have overthrown the Roman Empire if Jesus spoke Mandarin. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Calm down, brother. Calm down. First of all, even Chinese didn't speak Mandarin 2,000 years ago, okay? <laughs> Historians find out that the ancient Chinese speaking didn't sound like today's Mandarin. Culture changes all the time. Second, well, I don't know why Jesus was not a Chinese man, but I know he doesn't like Chinese food. <laughs> I don't think God is a big fan of chicken feed pig ears. If you read the book of Leviticus, you will find out. So please don't ask why Jesus was not a Chinese man. Okay? He is God. He can do whatever he wants. A few years ago, I was studying theology at Lelo College. One of the papers required us to learn some basic Hebrew language. When I was practicing the Hebrew alphabet, I, th I thought to myself, God, why are you not Chinese? <laughs> oh, 
hey, learning English as a second language is already hard enough for me. Now I'm learning my third language with my second language. <laughs> What's wrong with my first language? <laughs> it seems that God just doesn't want me to use that. We all want to portray God with our personal preferences. We, we, we all want God to be the way we want them to be. It feels so natural to us, but it's a very slippery slope to go down because that's how a community gets divided. That's how a church gets split. When the church split happens, both sides believe their version of God is true. Both sides believe their interpretation of the Bible was right. That happened again and again and again in history, and it's still happening today. Because we are so obsessed with the image we create for God. American author Patrick Morley, in his book, Man in the Mirror, wrote, there is a God we want, and there is a God who is. They are not the same God. The turning point of our lives is when we stop seeking the God we want and start seeking the God who is. So my dear friends, if we want to overcome idolatry, first of all, we must know God as who he is. Know God as who he is. Galatians 4, verse 8, the Apostle Paul says, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves of the, to those who by nature are not gods. So Paul makes it so clear that if we don't know God, if we don't know God for who he is, it's so easy for us to go down the slippery slope of idolatry. And the only way to say that's free from idolatry is to know the true God. When I read the Bible, I find myself always pick and choose the scriptures I like. Or, or, or choose those scriptures that, that fit my preference, fit my agenda. But that's wrong. Don't do that. Don't just pick and choose the scriptures we like. We must let the Bible speak to us. That the Bible speaks for itself. That the Word of God challenge our views. That the Word of God renew our minds. That's why we read Bible. When we start study Bible together in a small group, man, take time to listen to those who have a different life experience. Listen to those who are from different backgrounds. I'm so grateful that I'm in such a church with a diversity of cultures. Because that helps me to see my world from different perspective. That helps me to understand the Word of God from different perspective. So when we come together, we can form a full image of God. We are the testimony of God to show this world his true image. So we never force God to fit in our little cultural box. 
We are the people who are willing to know God outside the box. My second thought for you is uh, do what God commands. Let's do what God commands. First John 2, verse 3 to 4. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. Why is it so important for us to do good works? Why? We are saved by grace through faith, not by works. Why good works are so crucial in Christian life? Because God does not just want to bless us. He wants us to become his blessings to others. That's how his kingdom gets extended in this world. In Proverbs 11, 25, it says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. If you ask me, what are the top two idols in today's society? I would say wealth and success. Money and success. That's the biggest idols in today's society. But when I apply this principle in the context of today's idolatry, I realize we will never feel content if we put wealth and success as idols, but we will feel content if we use our wealth and success to bless others. That's the way to find contentment. As I mentioned before, I was studying theology at Lelo College. In one of the class, I remember, um, we are discussing Christians giving and tithing. And our lecturer asked us, have you guys ever heard of the story of Robert Lalo? Who is Robert Lalo? Well, he was one of the founders of Lalo College. And he was a very successful and influential businessman in New Zealand history. If you have never heard of his name, you must know the department store Farmers. Right? He was the founder of Farmers. So when Robert Lalo was only 18 years old. Well, he was nobody. He was committed to giving away 10% of his income. Well, he was only 18 years old. Two years later, he decided to increase the proportion of his giving alongside the increase of his income. Eventually, at the age of 25, he was giving away 50% of his income to the church or other evangelical groups. And he kept doing that for the rest of his life. He also wrote a book called The Reason Why. He wrote this book to explain his Christian faith to his staff. Today, this little book has been translated into 30 languages and print more than 50 million copies worldwide. In 1922, he co-founded the Bible Training Institute, which was the formal name of today's Lay Lord College. 
His vision for this college is to train Christian leaders to be successful across all of the society and bring biblical principles to the marketplace. How good was that? You know, today, Lilo College will move into a new place with a better infrastructure of modern technology. We, Eden Christian Center, will take over the original campus in Henderson. We will become the new owner of the property. What a tremendous blessing for us to take up this baton and carry on the legacy of Lelo. And all of us, every member of Eden Christian Center, we are part of this great mission God has put in our life. What fascinates me is that wealth and success never became idols in Lelo's life. Never. On the contrary, he masked those good things as a powerful means to pursue God's purpose, to extend God's kingdom, to bless others. Even me, 100 years later, someone from China, I am blessed by what Lelo did 100 years ago. So friends, Lelo never used his influence to grow followers for himself. He used his influence to grow followers for Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? God has chosen us. God has chosen us to be His temple on earth. So we will never let those good things to become idols in the temple. We master those things as our craft to pursue God's purpose, to extend His kingdom, to become blessings to our community. God has chosen us to be His temple on earth. So when people see us, we are not going to show them the God fashioned by our cultural influence. We are not going to show them the God portrayed by our personal preferences. We are going to show them the true image of God who is the only one we should bow down and worship. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Ten Commandments, Lord. We thank you for the truth, the wisdom, Lord, today we pray you will keep inspiring us. You will keep strengthening us and help us to, to, to shift our focus. Lord, shift our focus from the distractions to you. And please give us the discernment we need when our heart starts forming an idol in our life. 
Lord, you are the true God. You are the only God we should worship. Lord, help us, help us, always help us to worship you on this journey. Friends, if you are not Christian, if if you never get a chance to know the true God in your life, I'm encouraging you today to take the step of faith to become a follower of Jesus, because God has a great plan for you, and He wants you to know what is the most important thing in your life. So that you will not worship something else, you will not worship the wrong thing in your life as an idol. But what separates us from God is sin. The Bible teaches us that we all fall short of God's standard. We all have sinned. But Jesus died for us two thousand years ago on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. So that we can reconcile with God, we can live in the grace of God to find out our true purpose for life. So, if you want to take the step of faith today to become a follower of Jesus, all you need to do now is do a prayer after me. Do this prayer after me in your heart. Are you ready? Let's do it. Dear Lord Jesus. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness, and thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. I know you have paid the penalty for my sin, and I believe you have been resurrected in three days after death. Today, I accept you as my savior and my Lord. I will be following you now and forever. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Friends, if you just did that prayer, your life will never be the same again. You will see God's power and His grace in your life. Please do me a favor: grab a connect card at the back of the seat in front of you and tick the box "I commit my life to Jesus Christ" and put down your details because we would love to walk this journey with you. Together, God bless you.